Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Let's do it, folks. Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hudspeth. It is a nice, rainy, what is it, Thursday afternoon as I'm recording this. You might hear some droplets outside the window next to me because it has just been a nasty, nasty day. But uh, we're winding up the work week. We got Christmas coming full steam ahead at us. I have been sick. My wife's been sick. My daughter's been sick. Pretty much everybody I know either is or has been sick, so I hope that's not you out there. I hope that uh, nobody's Christmas plans are getting screwed up because of illness. I know the flu's been going around. Uh, I think my my in-laws were throwing up a day or two ago, so there's obviously some kind of like stomach bug thing going around. Just a real nasty time, so uh, yeah, well wishes out to you. Uh, oh, Merry Christmas, I, I believe. Let's see if uh, let's see if Emperor Dan is on his game or not. I believe this episode will drop Christmas Day. If not, it'll drop right around Christmas, so Merry Christmas to you all. I think I mentioned it last week, but uh, don't forget the reason for the season, Jesus Christ coming down, being born for all of us to save us. And uh, so, yeah, don't don't forget that, please. And uh, don't forget to spend some time with your family. I know it's a good time to get in the outdoors and everything. Get out in the outdoors with your family if possible. Take a kid hunting, take your brother-in-law, whatever it might be. Just share this thing that we love with someone you love. So, yeah, welcome to today's episode. Not a lot going on right now as far as me and hunting and everything. I was actually hoping to go hunting today. Uh, at my buddy's place in West Texas, but because of the rain, um, he his uh, ranger isn't out there, and there's just no way I could get out uh, on his place in my truck and not get stuck and stranded, and so even though I had the opportunity to go hunting, just wasn't able to make it out there. I do think I'm going to go uh, to our place probably tomorrow evening. Uh, it's the holiday antlerless season right now, and we have not taken enough does, Um I've not been good at it. I have really just have not hunted our place at all that much this year. Um, but uh, I took my two bucks, and then my nephew took his buck. And uh, I think the only doe we've taken this year was when my wife took it um, over Thanksgiving. And so I, I want to kill at least two more does. So I'm hoping I can go get two more with my rifle during this holiday season. And then maybe around New Year's I can get one or two with my bow. Um, but I just want to make sure we're keeping that you know ratio up. So, uh, yeah, need to, need to take a few more does. Um, other than that, I, I keep talking about it. Like I'm dying to go duck hunting. There's just no ducks. Um, but I think this front that's coming in about the time this, uh, drops, it's supposed to get a little colder, especially in the morning and stuff. And so we'll see if that pushes things down. Um, I think we're just going to need some like heavy, nasty, uh, weather in like the Midwest to really push the ducks down here to us. Cause um, I know I keep talking about it, and I know northern Oklahoma seems like from, according to social media, y'all been doing okay. Uh, seems like kind of the panhandle regions has a few birds, but down here where I'm at, just absolutely nothing. And so, I, uh, like I keep saying, I have all this, uh, I wouldn't say I have all this time, but I'm not worried about deer hunting too much right now, but the, I just don't have any ducks to hunt. So, still waiting on that. Um, Christmas time, obviously lots of time with the family. We got New Year's coming up. 
I have no idea what our New Year's plan is. I am going to try to get my wife to come on the podcast again like we did last year. Um, I probably got more feedback from that episode than any episode I've ever done. When I had my wife on, we just kind of talked about how we manage our relationship and our family with my hunting habit and addiction and everything like that. And so I'm going to try to make that uh, you know, an annual thing. And so I'm going to see if we can carve out some time for me and her to do an episode. Cause like I said, I think people really, really enjoyed that last year. So yeah, like I said, that's pretty much what we got going on. Not a lot going on in my life right now. I wish there was a little bit more, uh, you know, outdoor activity going on, but the weather has just not really cooperated for, uh, for wildlife. So anyway, that's what we got going on this week. Uh, this is a, 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 episode that I love to do every year and one that I kind of look forward to. And we're going to talk about what you can do right now, basically right here, as soon as deer season ends, to put yourself in position to kill a good buck next year. Because if you're like me, the season never ends. I love that saying, the season never ends. It just keeps going. Um, One, I'm just, I love being out in nature. Like I love looking for something to do. But if you're going to do something, you know, if you're like, you don't want to just go out there and wander around, like you want it to be productive. And so I'm going to give you a couple things that you guys can be doing right now to help you be successful in 2024. So that's what we got going this week. Hope you guys are ready for it because we're going to dive into it right now. Here we go. I want to go through some beneficial, practical things that you guys can do right now to help you bag a buck next year. So the easiest thing to do uh, by far one of the most important is just leave your cameras running. Don't take them down. Don't put them up just yet. Um, if you feel like you need to shift them, that's understandable. Maybe you need to put them on a food source or maybe you need to move them back to like a summer pattern area, uh, but leave them running. And this is going to do a couple things. One, it's going to let you know, you know what survived because just because that buck doesn't show up in deer season, doesn't mean he got killed or is you know, living on somewhere else. Maybe he is living somewhere else during deer season, but he's going to come back. So just leave those cameras running and use it for inventory purposes. But the other big reason is because you can still learn a lot about these deer this time of year. Um, for instance, I, I feel like I use the 2% buck, but he's one that I've just you know really been focusing on. Uh, I ended up, you know, I already got him killed this year, but uh, if, I want, if I didn't kill him when I did, I was pretty darn confident that I was going to kill him in, about the first week of January this year, really about right now. And the reason I felt so confident, and I think I even talked about this before the season started, was because I picked up one of my old cameras last year, and I had like three or four daylight pictures of him the first week of January on this ridge in daylight. And so I knew he was spending time that time of year in that area. And so I had those pictures stored away, kind of had it in the memory bank. And I was going to be looking forward to hunting that area this time of year. And so, you know, maybe you're already tagged out. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're still hunting. But just keep those cameras running. And then kind of in a a second little, you know, part B to that first step is uh, keep your feeders going. If you, you know, if you run feeders, a lot of people about this time are starting to let them, you know, run out. They're sick of filling them or they're out of money or whatever. If you can run them just a little bit longer, uh, I mean, a lot of reasons. One, you know, if you've been running them, the deer are kind of probably a little bit reliant on those feeders and you can help get them through the winter. But the main reason is just that attraction. Like the more you can get deer on your property, in my opinion, the better. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're not running a feeder and your neighbor still is, and that buck that you've been after is, you know, in the area, 
they're probably going to go hit that feeder up. And I don't want my deer spending any more time than they have to on the neighbors. I want them on my property. So if I can give them a reason to stick around and be and like secrete their home range on my property, I want to give them every reason to do that. So I want to run my feeders longer than anybody in my area runs their feeders simply just to keep those deer on my property. So run your cameras, keep running your feeders. Very easy thing that like anybody can do. Second thing, um, and this is a, a big one, and I always wait, even though I'm tagged out right now, um, I want to do a lot of postseason scouting. And I know you guys hear that a lot, um, but I'm going to go into a little detail. But even like in my case where I'm tagged out, I'm not going to start my scouting until after deer season. Because even though this is like a valuable time, I could go in there and learn, learn what deer are doing in season. Uh, I don't want to take a chance of pushing any of my deer onto the neighbors while they have a chance to kill them. Uh, just, you know, plain simple fact, I, you know, I'm tagged out, but they might not be, and they may be hardcore like I am hunting to the very last day. And not only that, you know, I'm sure you've all been in that boat. The later in the season it gets, a lot of times the more desperate they get. And so even like, even if I don't have a target buck that I'm worried to push over there, any buck that I push over there might be a target to somebody else as the season's dwindling down. So I don't want to go in there and start leaving my scent and pushing deer out when somebody else could still, you know, legally shoot them. And so I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to wait till after deer season and then I'm going to go in there and I'm going to scout everything, even my sanctuary. And I know a lot of people won't do that. I get it. Um, but this is like the one time that I do that. I don't, I don't, and I don't do this like multiple times. This is not something that I'm going to go in for an hour or two, leave and come back. Like I, I pick a large chunk of time when I have a lot of free time and I just go scour that thing. Like I walk all over it. Uh, I'm looking for just any new like terrain features, any areas I haven't been. Um, you know, I'm looking for, scrapes, rubs, beds, like any kind of deer sign, anything that might have let me know that things have shifted. And like my, you know, my little back, my canyon area, my sanctuary, um, I haven't been in it since like March, something like that, um, when I did like some habitat work back there. Um, but because I have been doing habitat work and, you know, I burned one area two years ago, getting ready to burn another area, um, the deer are going to use that a little bit differently from year to year as that stuff changes. And so I want to be able to kind of keep up with that and keep up with how they're using it. I want to see what works, what doesn't work. And so I am going to go in there and I'm going to do one big hard scout um, in my sanctuary. Not just in my sanctuary, but I'm going to scout everywhere. You know, one thing that kind of drove me crazy this year was if you listen to my story of the 2% buck, um, after I killed him, I figured he was coming out of this little bowl and I have not been in that bowl since we burned it two years ago. And it's a spot that I drive by all the time. Like it's right there. And that's probably the part of the reason that I've never really scouted it is because it's just that overlooked area. Well, guess what? Stinking 2% was bedded right there in that overlooked area that I haven't scouted or been in in two years. And so now that he's gone, once deer season's over, I'm going to put some boots on the ground. And like, that is a place that I, I wanted deer to bed. Like I, I did work in there. I dozed out cedars. I burnt it. Like I was wanting deer there. 
And for some reason, I wound up shocked when there was a deer actually there. Um, and so, the, you know, that's one area. Um, the, uh, the little east draw where I thought he was coming from. You know, I got some pictures of him there. got some pictures of some other bucks there. Uh, and that's an area that, uh, again, it's a little bit more open. The rest of the stuff is not very thick. And so I've never put a lot of boots on the ground there because I always thought I could kind of see it with my eyes. Uh, so I really want to get in there, put boots on the ground, see if I can find some, you know, beds, rubs, scrapes, whatever. Just see how the deer are using that. And so, again, wait till deer season ends, but don't be afraid to do a big scouting mission in some areas where you normally wouldn't go into. And again, obviously, the whole reason we're doing it this time of year is because it then has an entire eight months or whatever to rest, go back to normal um, until, you know, next season. And obviously the deer will forget, will have forgotten you were there. Like I said, I know there's some people that will never, ever step foot in their sanctuary ever. Um, I don't know. I like, I don't think that's a, a bad or a wrong thing. Uh, for me personally though, I want to be able to, to utilize and know every inch of my property. And so, you know, uh, every spring I spend a little bit of time. We're going to get into this in a second, you know, doing some habitat work in there. Um, learning the area because I just want to understand how deer are using it. So obviously, again, I stay out of it most of the year, but I do think it's understand or I do think it's important to understand how the deer are using it. So number two is just do a big, thorough scout of your entire property. Okay, number three. So this, you know, dead of winter, late January, early February time period. This is when I'm going to do most of my TSI work, my timber stand improvement. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that I personally do not have much timber to deal with. Um, but cedar trees, this is when I'm just going AWOL on some cedar trees. We have a lot of like kind of old growth or I guess regrowth, you know, sapling type stuff that eventually one day might be some decent timber. But a lot of it is just way too thick, needs to be cut back. And so this is when I'm attacking that basically all your, anything that requires like large equipment or loud machinery, you know, your chainsaw, your skid steer, dozer, whatever equipment you might have access to. This is when you want to be doing that stuff. Uh, A couple of reasons. One, just this dead of winter time, that's just the easiest time to kill a tree. You know, they don't have their leaves on or anything like that. They're going to be more susceptible to herbicide. Um, You know, if you knock one over or something, it's going to be less likely that it recovers. So just timing wise, it's good to do that Two, you know, you're a long way from hunting season. So all that noisy, nasty, you know, equipment and stuff, good time to get it in there when you have a long time to recover. And then one of the the biggest reasons I do it this time of year is just because you can see so much better. You know, like I said, all the leaves are gone. A lot of the undergrowth stuff is dead and you can just actually kind of picture um, and kind of map out what you're doing and you you know where you can see stuff um and that's one thing that i used to i used to rush into this stuff you know i'd get a free day maybe i'd have access to a dozer or whatever and i just go out there and i just start like knocking stuff down just in random places uh i'm a lot more calculated about it now um i do a lot more planning like on google earth or onyx i sit at my computer uh you know i turn the topo lines on and I read, you know, the terrain. I think about how it's going to work with my food plots and my stands and my access and all that stuff. And I'm trying to put this, uh, you know, all this, whether it's a bedding area, food plot, whatever I'm, I'm working on. I try to make it work with the whole plan because, 
you know, if I have bedding here and feeding here, but I can't hunt there, that might not be the best thing to do. So I'm trying to work it out to where all this stuff plays into my hand. It plays into my plan of how deer are going to use it, how they're going to move across the landscape with all these, you know, factors and put myself into a position to where I can, you know, harvest a buck. And I, I think I've talked about on here, honestly, my favorite is just the straight line. I like to have it to where it's bedding and then food and then my access to where I'm going to hunt. And so the deer are coming from a direction where they're basically never going to walk by my stand. They're never going to walk by my access trail because they're always coming from the opposite direction that I'm coming from. So if I can look for ways that I can kind of manipulate the deer in that way, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, another good reason to, to, to do your TSI this time of year is just the food and the thermal cover that it creates. When you knock these trees down, all those little buds, and you know, basically stuff that looks like sticks, deer actually eat that. You know, the end of twigs, uh, the buds on the trees, all that good stuff. And then also, like, especially the, the cedars, you know, just putting stuff on the ground. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, that's creating, you know, thermal cover that the deer can bed up against when these cold winter winds hit. Um, you can use those piles to kind of create lanes and steer deer. Just a lot of good things. And again, it all kind of comes back to doing it in this time of year where it has the longest amount of time to recover before deer season comes. And so doing all your TSI this time of year is very, very important. Uh, and especially if you're going to do some spring burns, you want to get this stuff on the ground and give it some time to die and dry out before you do your burn. Uh, because if you you know don't want this stuff there, like I said, if you're trying to clear for a food plot or maybe even bedding or something, uh, you want to try to get a lot of this just dead debris out of the way so that you know you can get that sunlight down to the ground and accomplish those goals. So um, yeah, right after deer season ends, that late January, early February, great time to do your TSI work. Number four, this is a super easy one, but again, very important. And nine times out of 10 when I'm hunting, whether I'm in a tree stand or blind, whatever the case might be, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of things I want to do to change that spot, whether it's an improvement of some kind, or maybe I just need to like, you know, trim a little tree, straighten the stand, whatever it might be, a chair cracks, whatever, all those little things you need to right now, either fix them or make a note to fix them. Do it while it's fresh on your mind. Like I said, deer season is just ending. You've been hunting all your spots. You know it needs to be done. Either write it all down, put a note in your phone, or just get out there and actually do it. Because a lot of times people go into kind of a deer season slump, a post-deer season slump, where you don't want to think about it, you don't want to mess with it, you don't want to do anything. And by the time you kind of get you know, geared up for season again, whether that's, you know, May, June, July, whatever, a lot of that stuff, you're probably going to forget about it. And so, you know, maybe you need to change the straps out, or like I said, maybe you got a, a, a chair in your blind that squeaks or something like that. Go ahead and just take care of that stuff right now. Um, if it's something like a, you know, a tree or a twig or something, that stuff, it's probably better just make a note and do it later um, because, you know, throughout the year that stuff's going to grow. And so, you know, every year you kind of need to check your shooting lanes and stuff like that. And so there's not really a reason to go in there and, you know, trim a branch that's just going to grow back anyway. You might as well wait till the end of the summer. Sorry, I really got a cough. Hold on, quick pause. 
Whew. Okay. Sorry about that. I was trying to hold that in. Just couldn't, uh, couldn't hold it back anymore, but anyway, trimming stuff. Yes. There's no, no reason to go in there and, and trim that little branch back when it's probably just going to grow another eight inches over the summer anyway. So that type of stuff, make a note of it, make it somewhere that, you know, you're going to come back to it before next season, but all that other little nitpicky stuff, go ahead and just knock that out right now. Number five, and this is probably the one that's the most fun, is to take care of those pesky varmints. And this is going to be your raccoons, your coyotes, your hogs, whatever it might be, all those pesky critters, this is a great time to take them out, especially raccoons. Um, more than likely, if you're running a bait station or feeder or whatever it is, you've probably been plagued by raccoons uh, all year long. Get some of those little foot traps or a 22, whatever it might be, kill as many raccoons as you can. And I know that sounds gruesome, but there's a lot of research out there that says raccoons and other nest predators like that are one of the biggest reasons that turkey numbers are on the decline and things like feeders and bait uh, is really only uh, helping feed the fire on those as in it's producing more raccoons because it's just an easy food source for them. And so trapping raccoons, great thing to do this time of year. Um, man, coyotes obviously going to be, uh, eating some fawns later on. So if you can take out some coyotes, great thing. It also helps your farmers out your, your, your ranchers, I should say, uh, you know, pre- protect those calves. And then anytime you can kill a hog is obviously a good time to kill a hog. And, you know, after deer season, keep those feeders running. Like I said, um, you know, great spot to kill a hog, catch them out in the field, go at night. Um, you know, a lot of the kind of restrictions that, uh, are put on during deer season, those are gone now. And so get after the wild hogs, the coyotes, the raccoons, especially probably even some possums, other nest predators like that. Um, this is a great time of year cause it's not hot. They're really active. Get out there and just take care of those little varmints that are just plaguing the landscape right now. So there you have it. Five things you can do right now to improve your success for next year. Pretty simple things, you know, other than the TSI, things that don't take a lot of effort or a lot of time. The TSI is very important there though. So don't forget that one. And, uh, and yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Um, I know it's a shorter episode than usual, but it's Christmas time, trying to spend some time with the family and hopefully you guys are doing the same. So like I said at the beginning, don't forget the reason for the season, Jesus coming down, uh, living a perfect life, dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you guys so much for another great year of the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And until next week, I'll see y'all right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.